welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! So thankful. I say this every time that I come up on stage. It's always a privilege. It's always a privilege on being in this house. It's such a privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you. And as I was uh, praying this morning, praying for this morning, I really felt from God that there's miracles that He wants to do in, in our lives this morning. And something else that I was feeling in, as I was praying for you guys. Uh, we are called to be the salt of earth. And God, I started asking him, what do you want to do? And I, my praise that my words, Holy Spirit, use them as salt in you. Not only salt, we know that it adds taste, it conserves the food, but also one thing that salt does, it's that it makes us thirsty. And my prayer this morning is that you may leave this room so thirsty for him, so thirsty for his presence, so thirsty for an encounter, so thirsty for more than just the experience that starts here this morning, but to go even further and to walk the things that he has for your life. So I'm so thankful to be here. And I love the theme that we are in this year. Uh, we begin the year with a series called All Things New. And we talked about a new landscape and God bringing a revelation of community, a, revel- a new revelation of uh, generosity, a new revelation of the gospel, the power of Jesus Christ. And I really believe it's a season to see all things new in our lives. And actually, uh, two weekends ago, I even got to encourage us through our giving message here. And it was a special week for me because it was both my birthday on that week and also my uh, wedding anniversary that same week. And God was th- took me to Proverbs 28, 20 that says, A faithful person will abound in blessings, but one who hurries to be rich will not go unpunished. And I've been meditating on that verse, and God took me back to my own journey with him. With all years, I gave my life to Jesus when I was 13 years old. And 1999, my life changed forever. And God began to take me back into that journey and just encourage me and remind me of things that he did in my life. And one of the things that I'm grateful for is that I've been through a lot of challenges growing up, coming from a broken home, divorced parents. But... One thing that both my parents value, and I, I'm thankful for that, is they always taught me to be faithful with everything that God gave to me. And in those areas, it, what does God give us? He gives us our talents, the talents we have. He gives us the gift of time, which is such a privilege. And he gives us our treasure, right? And God and my parents always taught me to be faithful and be good. Do the 101 well. Be faithful with everything that you have. Life is going to come at you. Circumstances are going are to come at you. But you got to remain faithful. And let me tell you, some areas are easier for me to be faithful than other areas. Sometimes it's easier for us to be faithful with our talents. Sometimes it's easier for us to, some of us manage our times better. Some, some of us have a, a, diff, a more difficult time managing our, our treasure, our finances, and being faithful with God through 
uh, seasons that we go through. Because in my 24 years walking with Jesus, I've been through seasons where it was tough financially. But I'm so thankful to be able to remain faithful and to look today, nowadays, looking back, seeing how God has accumulated blessings and blessings in my life that I don't feel like I deserve. But it's his promise that a faithful one will be uh, richly blessed. And I just want to encourage you this morning. And I was still in that track of thinking about the past. I started looking at my own journey and thinking of something that I've been through with, with God, without God. I've been through problems. And how many of you here have problems? Yeah? I think we all do. And one of the things that I usually do when something happens in my life that my parents also taught me is to go back into the Bible and see what the Bible says about the things that I'm going through. And I started just, uh, as I was prepping this message, just looking back in the scriptures is, have you asked yourself, what does the Bible speak about problems? And the, actually, in fact, the Bible is a book full of people's stories. And in, in that, there's, you see a series of problems and crises that people go through, go through their lives. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, actually goes to show how the Bible begins with a problem. It says, The earth was formless and empty, and the darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. In other words, the earth had no purpose. It was useless. And it needed an act, and it needed a design, it needed a purpose in order to fulfill God purpose, God's purpose. And then we see in the next verses following in Genesis, God beginning to create things. And he says in verse 3, let there be light, and there was light. And other things that he started creating, giving purposes, waters bring forth fish, land bring forth the trees, and started giving purpose to everything he created. Then if you jump on into Hebrews 11, the, the famous hall of faith in the Bible, you see a series of people that walked by faith in their journey. And in those people, you see that they all had one thing in common. They all had problems that they were facing. And they all overca overcame those problems. We see Joseph growing up, having to deal with slavery before he could be in government. You see David from the time that he was anointed king until the time that he was actually reigning as a king. You see a series of giants, crises that he was facing as, uh, as he was going and developing. So this morning, if you have problems, you are all in the same hall as Jesus, as Joseph, as Daniel, as David, as anybody here. So we are all in it together. So and what does that tell me? And the first key that I want to share with you this morning is that every miracle originates from a problem. And every miracle is an answer from heaven to an earthly problem. I want to encourage you to write that down and remember that. Every miracle is an answer from heaven to an earthly problem. You see Stories over and over in scriptures, miracles of multiplication of bread and, and fish. You see there was a hunger and God and intervened, heaven intervened and brought forth multiplication of food. So the Bible is full of miracles because it, as I was saying, it relates to a, a multiple and a series of problems and crises. 
So you may be asking, okay, cool, that's awesome that every miracle is an answer from heaven. So why do people get desperate when they're facing a problem? You could be asking me. It's because not everybody knows that there's an answer from heaven on the other side of what they're facing. But also, let me tell you that something that we need to understand when it comes to problems is that not every problem that we go through is a test or a trial or something that God intended us to go through. Sometimes we make dumb decisions. Sometimes we make stupid decisions and we get into trouble for walking into a path that we were not meant to walk with. And when we are in those situations, when we walked into a door that God says, don't walk in there, the only people that can get out of that door is us ourselves. So it's important that we understand what kind of problem we are facing. Is this a problem that God's permissive will allowed us to go through to grow? Because we all go through tests in life, even growing up in school or going through college in order to pass to the next grade you needed to pass some tests. You need to solve some problems. So in order to get promoted, you also need to go through problems. So I believe that God is a good father that allows us to experience problems that will make us grow. So it's important to remember where did the problem come from. So how do we know when it's a problem that I created and a problem that God allowed me to go through? It's also an important thing because not everybody knows. Like you might be facing something you don't know. This, is this something I walked myself into? And the answer for that is actually very simple. One day I was here at this very auditorium and I heard my son from outside. Or I heard a, a kid screaming and I promise it wasn't in Portuguese and I knew it was Ethan. It wasn't any other kid. The other, I think it was last year, I was with my wife at the, at the mall and... We, she was going to one store. I took it into another store while she was going so, doing some shopping. And I think he began crying or screaming. And she, when she met me a few moments after, she said, was that Ethan? I said, yeah. How did you know? And the thing is, because we have been walking with Ethan and hearing his voice for over three years, we know when it's him. So the thing, same thing is with God. The more you get and you're able to recognize his voice, you're able to walk with him, you will know if the problem that you're facing right now is a problem created by you or it's a problem that he's allowing you in your life to go through, to grow. So here's the thing. Just allow me to drink some water. Water break. You can have a water break too. We want to live in a miracle, right? Does everybody want to see a miracle in your life? But not everybody wants to go through the problem, right? We want to escape problems. We want to live like the, the scriptures promise us to live from glory to glory, but we don't want to face battle to ba uh, battle and battles because the glory only comes after winning a battle. So in order for you to live in miracles, you've got to face your problems. We say and we sing it often that we want breakthrough, but we want breakthrough, but we want to reject any resistance, any opposition that is facing us. But we can only have breakthrough. We can only have a glory moment when we go through that battle, when we see that resistance in our lives. 
I love this statement uh, that I heard this week by Michael Huff. It says, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. We need to stop fearing hard times in our lives. And as I was praying this morning, and I really believe it was a direction from God, the season that we're in, we're talking about the revelation of community is because God wants to do something in this community here. And he wants to pre prepare us because I believe that kingdom culture is called to be a house of miracles. And we got to believe that we are going to see a shift happening in the spirit in 2023. And if we want to see a greater glory coming to this house, we also got to be on the other side expecting to be facing battles in this season. But positioning ourselves in the right way. One story that I love is that the story where the disciples and Jesus were in the boats, and Jesus, actually, Jesus wasn't in the boat, and Jesus appears walking on water, and Peter has a brilliant idea. This wasn't Jesus' suggestion. Peter had an idea. Hey, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you, and I'll come to you. And Jesus said, yeah, come. What happens here? Before walking on water or on his miracle, Peter had to walk on a word from Jesus. So imagine that Jesus was there on the water. A path was built on God's word for, P for Peter to step in. And sometimes that's one of their main struggles. Sometimes, I want to say gravity is easy. We have to overcome the ability of unbelief in our lives. We need to overcome the unbelief and start talking and walking through what God already declared over us. If he declares that you are going to walk with miracles, just walk. Just trust the word that he's saying over you. And I love another story in the Valley of the Dry Bones. God gave Ezekiel a word. And we're going to read that. And see how Ezekiel declared that to the dry bones, saying, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. Ezekiel didn't say to the dry bones, do as I'm saying to you. No, no, no. He said, hear the word of the Lord. Hear what God is already declaring. Here's the path of the miracle. He's speaking over the atmosphere. Why? When God releases a word, the earth needs to respond it. That's the principle we see since creation. Let there be lights. And there was light. God didn't change. The same way he works back then, he works now. So we need to understand that we have a power over the atmosphere and over our life circumstances to declare and see things. So we see a principle here, a threefold principle, how to face our problems. First, God speaks to you. We all need a word from God. You declare over the land. You declare over your problem. You declare over the circumstance. And the land will respond with a miracle. That is so true because when Jesus came to Lazarus and spoke over him, there was in the tomb, there was a big rock. So I bet that Lazarus didn't hear. Lazarus didn't think, feel anything when Jesus said. But once Jesus declared his Lazarus come forth, He declared over the earth. He declared over the people around him. And the miracle breaks forth and breaks through. So 
this morning here, I want to bring you to how come this flow doesn't always happen in our lives. Because let's be honest, we all, like we said in the beginning, face problems. And sometimes we stay too long in our problems, and sometimes we do things in our problems that we speak things that we're not supposed to say, and our words have so much power. Peter, the same guy that walked on water, was given the authority, and that authority was given to the church, that whatever we bind on earth is bound on heaven. Whatever we lose on earth is lose on heaven. So we got to be careful with the things that we are saying and be aware with the things that we are declaring. So how come this flow does not always happen? There are many people speaking to the land something that Jesus never told them to. And this is the title of my message today, Fake News, Three Things That Jesus Never Said. And I feel like as we walk with Jesus, as we walk with God, we need to understand what he's saying and also the things that he's not saying us because we cannot quote him on problems that we face or things he never said so the number one thing that i want to say here that jesus never said is jesus number one jesus never said it was going to be fast we know that life is not a sprint it's a marathon and i recognize when i look into my life I know the promises that God has for me. I keep a, a record, I keep a book actually in my house with all the prophetic words that I receive, that I go back and I often look. And sometimes I wish some of those words happened faster in my life. And I feel like we are in this generation where we want things so fast. Even last week, I caught myself, I was doing a research, and this website took longer than five seconds to load. Boom, I closed the page, enter into a different website. We are not patient. And I was reading some studies that saying that one of the number one that's going to be the number one disease of this generation is going, it's already growing. We're seeing numbers growing. It's anxiety. Anxiety is all about that. It's wanting things in the future to happen so fast. And we need, and we got, like we talked even last time that I spoke here, we talked about that things that are good, they take time. They take time. They don't happen overnight. There's a process with them. When God told Noah, hey, we're going to be building an ark. Rain's going to come. The rain didn't come the next day. The rain didn't come the next month. It didn't come the next year, the next 10 years, the next 50 years. Most people say it's between 100 and 120 years. Here's the key on Noah. Once he heard from God, he began to prepare. He began to move. He began to act. And the problem of our generation is that we wait for the storms to get here to begin to move. And the principles that the Bible teaches us, if we look at people like Joseph, is who is able to anticipate will rule, will govern over the seasons. If you're able to anticipate a problem, you will reign. You have authority over a season. And if you look into Joseph, when did he receive a word? When did he receive his dreams? He was a little boy. And when he actually was leaving the full potential of his call, he was a grown man. So we took time. There was time that happens. And we got to understand that problems and crisis, they are the school of faith in our lives. We, Jesus never said it was going to be fast. And God, even with bringing Jesus to us, 
He used his own son as an example. He, Jesus also, Mary had to be pregnant for nine months. She didn't have any cheat code, anything that cut her pregnancy and all the pains of pregnancy to be like just a two month. No, because God knew that things take a process. Even us as, a, as parents, we in a pregnancy, God is giving us the time that we need to get the things ready. Get our hearts ready, get the room ready, get the name ready for the baby. There's a season of preparation that is so valuable. And we, Jesus went through the same things in our lives. So I just want to encourage you here out of something that I wrote, a thought that I wrote. And I, we're going to read a passage in Matthew 7 in just a little bit. And I just want to encourage you because sometimes we are... Uh, in a generation that wants these things fast and says that the important thing is not how long it takes, but how long it lasts. And I want to read this uh, verses, this parable in Matthew 7, 24, 27, if you have your Bibles open there with me. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows, it's wise. <coughs> like a person who builds a, a house on solid rock, Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the weeds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on a sand. When the rain comes and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Key number one that I, when I read this is both builders finish their work here. But finishing doesn't mean it will last forever. And when I read this passage, I actually remembered of a message that Pastor Sean preached. And we also mentioned this during our team track, which is a difference between being a potted plant and a plant planted in the garden. When you plant yourself in a garden, when you plant yourself in the house of God, you're setting yourself up for success. You're setting yourself up for the long term. If you just come and stay at a potted plant, you're just there for the short term benefits. There will be a point where you won't be able to grow. There will be a point where your growth is so limited, the nutrients that, that you are receiving is so limited from that pot. And that's why it's so important to be invested with, like I was saying in the beginning, with our time, our talents, our treasures, to be planted into the God, God's house, to allow his work. If you want to be here for the long haul, if you want to be here so when big storms come, you're not taking down. It's easier to take like a, a pot, pot, potter plant down and break that vase. It's so easy. But once you're planted in the garden, God started to speak to me. Of and remind me that some plants only grow in certain atmospheres. Did you know there are plants that are only in Brazil? Plants that are only here in Canada? Plants that only grow in the desert? Not so many, but yes, there are. So God wants to do work in you. And there are things in this house that can only happen in this place, in, in God's house, in the church, nutrients that you need for the long haul to walk in the purpose that God has for your life that you can only get for some soils and some atmosphere. So I want to encourage you, to, the key to last the long haul is being planted in the right place. The other thing that I see in this passage is that Jesus is saying, and again, I'll, I'll rephrase, if you don't build in me, although you may have the joy of seeing it done, 
you may not see last forever. If Jesus is the rock of your foundation, no crisis, no storm, nothing can take you down. And I keep imagining these two guys, this scenario. The guy building on sand and the guy, uh, his house on sand and the guy building on the rock. We know that the rock side took a way longer. But imagine the people watching from the outside. Say, oh, that guy, it's a good builder, built so fast. Probably saved a lot in his constructions, didn't spend so much money. But, and had probably, a, he was the first one to have an open house and a party. But you see how situations come. And problems come and face and you see the value that what happens. The first storm that comes, he got taken down. And the principle that God is teaching here before is that it's important that in life we don't choose shortcuts. Shortcuts in construction, shortcuts in the things that God is building in and through us. I heard once from uh, Jason Upton the, this phrase that stuck to me. He says, bridges are man-made. Because God always meant our walk with him to be mountains and valleys. Because you're on the top of another mountain. To get to the other mountain that God's calling you, you, you got to know that you have to go through the lows of the valleys, the problems of the valleys, the new challenges, the unknown, what's not seen, what you can't see from up there in order to get into the next level, the next level of authority that God wants to bring in your life. So it's important that we're not taking bridges. We're not cutting corners in order to see what God wants to do. And the third key on this one passage only, process can take long, but his promises last way longer. If you look into the life of David, the amount of years that he reigned were so much longer than the amount of years in preparation, facing problems. Same for Joseph, the time in slavery that he spent, his time of ruling over the land, it was of Egypt, it was way longer. And you may be asking, oh, Jesus only had three years of his ministry. No, Jesus is reigning from century to century. He had to go through his 30 years of preparation, but his reign is forever. So God is telling us if we build ourselves on him, if we're not choosing the fastest route always, those that, may, that, that route that may look appealing to people on the other, outside, we choose him. We choose, choose to embrace all the process. We are going to last longer. We are going to rest last forever. I want to encourage now. So this is my first point. Jesus never said it was going to be fast. Number two, Jesus never said it was going to be easy. This is the one thing that I can tell about my journey if I look back. And 24 years of walking with God, it was never easy. I had my joys, let me tell you, it's way better to walk with Jesus. I don't want to not encourage anybody to walk with Jesus. But that did not come without the sets of challenges. And I was looking back over in this last season and thinking about the seven years that I've been married to my wife. And God started to speak to me how we're, we were both entering into a new cycle in this season. And God took me back, and I was thinking of the be very beginning of our journey. And I quickly want to share with you that right after we got engaged, her, her dad lost her job, and he was pretty much paying for a wedding. Uh, five months later, and five months exactly also prior to her wedding, I also lost the highest 
uh, paying job I had in my life. was earning six figures. I was super happy with this company. And I lost that job. And I remember her family saying, should we postpone the wedding? Should we do something? I said, no, let's do it. If God appointed that date, we're going to move forward. We're going to believe that provision's going to come. And God opened a door. And be, once we first started dating, actually, there was something in our first conversation that I remember. It said, would you, I asked my wife, would you ever be open to live outside of Brazil? And I told her that in the very beginning, because I knew the call of God when I was 13 and also an encounter when I was 15 that God called me for the nations. And I wanted to see if she was on the same page with that. And little did I know that actually uh, for us saying yes and keeping the wedding date as it was, God would open a door for us to move to Connecticut. And we had problems getting there, but we got in the place that I believe God wanted us to be. I faced something in my first year of being married that I didn't understand why I was facing. I had depression in my, right after we moved to Connecticut. Literally one week as I landed, I started feeling so depressed. And I honestly, I was praying to God, opening my heart and saying, God, I do not understand. I'm here with the woman of my dreams in the place that I prayed and I believed that I was going to be in the nations where you called me. And why am I facing this? Something I honestly had no clue, no perspective. Have I heard of it, but never experienced in my life. And out of nothing, I was feeling depressed. I was struggling. I was struggling with some responsibilities. I was struggling with also a, a toxic work environment. But I, it, it was something so hard. And it's hard to even explain unless you, you've been through a depression. And God gave me a lot of grace and more empathy to those that face this after overcoming depression. But here's the, the thing I couldn't understand. So I began doing what I know and what my character. And something that I, stuck to me is that problems and crises, they don't change your character. They review your character. And when you go through lives, you see manifest things that you've learned, things the way that you were built, things that w the way that you were invested in. And my parents always invested in my education with God. And the first thing that I knew to do was I'm going to call the people that I know. I'm going to seek for help. I need help. I need prayers. We got connected to a local church in Connecticut, also a mobile church. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and we begin a journey of six, seven months of having to struggle with that. I remember drives. The church was 45 minutes away from our house, so it was quite a drive. But we felt we were supposed to be in that church. But on the way back, I remember always driving, and it was like that idea, tomorrow is Monday, I have to go back to that environment. I begin, thoughts of depression became, came into my heart. It started feeling sad. It was like hard. And I'm, hear me out. I'm so thankful for my wife during that process for standing by me. And I was chatting with her. And this week as I was praying for this new season, God reminded me of one key. And one song that made such an impact in my life during that journey. 
miracles. The song that we just sang. And as I was praying for this morning, I felt that song that brought me a breakthrough and freedom from one of the hardest moments of my life. Not knowing how tomorrow was going to be. With a lot of uncertainty, how I'm going to get out of that motion. And that song became our declaration. Every day driving to work, I believe in you, God. You are the God of miracles. You can change the situation. I don't accept. I'm never depressed. I don't accept this over my life. This reality is not mine. And that song became over and over a process of declaring. And God took me back to think of also the last year and three months of our lives. And last year, I can tell that was the hardest year of my life. Almost a year ago, I shared this from stage. We were overflow. I shared my journey of my wife and I losing our son on the day that he was supposed to be birthed. Jonathan, in December 29, 2021, we lost our son, Jonathan, for those that didn't know. But why am I saying this? Because I also walked into the very end of my seven-year cycles into a huge problem, one that I didn't know. Everything, if I felt the weight of depression back then, this felt like completely different. I didn't know how tomorrow was going to be. I felt lost, but I feel, and I, I, I won't have time to go through the entire process, but I remember that once we began to get together as a church, and there was one song that we used to sing that says, uh, it, we've seen, and I think it's from Brendan Lake, we've seen real life resurrection. We've seen mental health restore. Don't you tell me he can do it. Don't you tell me he can do it. And I believe, and I just want to encourage you with you guys, that I had a hard time singing that song, being so honest. I did see he come and restore my mental health. But I sat in a zone with God that I had struggle not seeing why he couldn't resurrect my son. And Tuesday this week, actually, I had a moment with God. I was praying for this morning. And God brought me to that song, Miracles. And she said, I want you to listen to that song. And I listened the first time. And I felt God saying, I want you to find a different version. And I came across a version that was sang by Jeremy Riddle at Bethel. But the song is by Chris Kilala. That also came from Bethel, then went to Jesus Culture. And I was hearing that song, and midway through that song, Bill Johnson stops the music from playing and comes on stage. And I have this part of the video I want to share with you on screen. Uh, this song was written by one of the sons of this house.
wrote it after his baby died. It was his confession that God is good and he works wonders. It came through a full circle moments for me. Didn't understand how much that song connected to our history. He also lost a baby boy in December, in December of 2014. And that song became, became his declaration. After I heard this, I felt Holy Spirit entering the room and reminding me that actually our firstborn, Ethan, he was a miracle. That once he came out of Juliana, his placenta actually fell apart. The, the midwife had never seen that in so many years of practice. Literally came into pieces. And once I cut the umbilical cords, he became all purple and had to be taken aside and for the longest two to five minutes, he was there trying, fighting for life. I just want to encourage you that he is the God of miracles. He is. And I can tell you for what I've been through that I've seen mental health restore. I've seen real life resurrection. And I believe he can do it. And I don't know what the problem you came in this morning facing. And I know we all may have come here facing in a different way. God doesn't stop here. The last thing that Jesus says to us, first he says, never was going to be fast, was never going to be easy. But Jesus also said that we were never going to be alone. Matthew 28, 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I give you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I just want to encourage you here as I wrap up this message this morning. That you are not alone. And God, Jesus never said you would be alone. And not only said, Jesus said that he would be there presence with you, but that he would bring people alongside your journey. And let me tell you today, if I'm standing here this morning, if my wife is here this morning, it's because of this community. It's because of you guys standing strong with us. When not only when it was easy, but when it was the hardest, of the hardest moments of our lives. I'm thankful for this family. Every single step of the way, every single step of their journey, we never felt alone. I'm so thankful for you, Pastor Sean, for Pastor Michelle, for extending such a grace for us last year when it was hard to feel like things were moving in our own lives. And you guys were there with us in the midst of one of the greatest storms of our lives. So I just want to encourage you this morning here that Jesus never said you would be alone. In all this 24 years of walking with Jesus, I was never alone because I chose to get invested, to get 
planted into the house of God. And I want to encourage you the same this morning. One story that I love, and I'll close with this story, is the story where Jesus is sleeping in the storm with the disciples where a storm is coming. Do you know how, why Jesus was able to sleep during that storm? Because he knew it wasn't the end of his life. He knew what he was called for. There will be storms that will come your way. But they are not the end of your story. The problem that you're facing today is not the end of your story. I believe in the promises of God for your life. And I bet that the people around that were watching Jesus on that boat, not the disciples, were probably wishing, I wanted to be with Jesus on that boat. I wanted to be with him. The reality is that the safest place you can be is taking risks with God. And the other thing is that Jesus told me about that passage is that the only way I can feel fear in my life is if I forget that Jesus is in the same boat that I am. Because when fear comes knocking at your door, you can say, no, Jesus is in my boat. This is not the end. This is not the end. I want to encourage you all to stand. And I really feel this morning that we need to go back to that song. And I know we maybe all here got here in a different way. Uh, we all came here with different, maybe opportunities. You came in the morning where you had an opportunity. You don't know how, what decision, important decision you need to make. Maybe you came this morning with a, a huge problem that you don't know the solution. I just want you to know that if you believe, you will encounter the God of miracles this morning. So I want us to sing that song, but for you to present, to bring forth in front of you as you are singing and declaring this song, for you to believe and to bring forth all the challenges you're facing through, any problem that you might be facing through. And I find it so easy sometimes that we say we have, oh, my problem is this, my problem is that. We have a, an easy time calling the problem my problem. But we don't have an easy time calling my miracle. And I believe this morning is for a shift to call this is my miracle. So we're going to be singing this song declaring this is my miracle. I take this on me and I believe in Jesus and I receive my miracle this morning.